Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Well, it's been a while since we visited the special stages for an update on the World Rally Championship, and a lot has happened with Oit Tanak seeding the title and then sending a thunderbolt through the driver market by signing for Hyundai. I'm your host, Ed Straw, and as ever, when there's matters of mud and gravel being discussed, I'm joined by David Evans. Obviously, it's been a been a huge, uh, a huge few days, few weeks, I guess, for for rallying. Now you've got the championship over, then suddenly you've got this uh, this massive news about Tanak. So uh, plenty for you to be writing about. Yeah, no, there's always lots to write about with uh, with rallying, Ed, as you know. Uh, and yeah, it has been uh, it's been a tremendous season. Uh, you'd like to say it's been super competitive, but actually, as you look at the the gap that's grown from the sort of mid year onwards, uh, it's really been Tanex Championship to lose. Um, but it was it was great to see him seal it in Spain. Uh, and as you say, huge news um, after or during Rally Spain. Actually, we broke the story that uh, that he was leaving Toyota. Uh, you know, almost almost unprecedented uh, in in WRC for a champion to leave that team. Uh, and go elsewhere, but obviously we, we we saw it in 2001 when Richard Burns left for for Peugeot. But uh, but yeah, really big news, and uh, but a great championship for him. You know, he's really deserved it. He was he was right in there, uh, in with a shot at it last year, uh, but this year he he finally finished the job. How big a surprise was this move? I know it'd been talked about for a while. So you seem to suggest last time you were on that it was there was a strong possibility this could happen. So I guess it wasn't a, a complete bolt for the blue. But I guess, as you say, when you get a champion 
moving away from the team he's just uh, he's just won the title for that that is a pretty big call it is i mean it is big news um it, it was really difficult because i was out in estonia in april for the for the for the launch of oiktanex film uh and and talked to him quite a lot out there about you know what's the future what are you going to do uh and he said one thing i absolutely want is i want to get this champion uh, this 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 move my future sorted really quickly so that it doesn't essentially occupy any headspace while I'm going through the the championship fight later in the year so really ideally for him he wanted it sorted by sort of June July time and that was the time frame that he set out with Toyota was to get this deal in place um and everybody myself included thought that you know he would stay there you know why wouldn't you stay with the best resource team you know with the probably the fastest car uh, and and arguably the brightest future of the world's biggest manufacturer. So we all thought it was going that way. And then, of course, there was the M Sport story where Malcolm Wilson worked really hard to try and find some money to bring him back on a long-term, a five-year deal with M Sport. Uh, and, and unfortunately, that came up short for Malcolm. And then there was Hyundai in the frame. Uh, and quite quickly, I understood that negotiations had fallen down on a financial front with Hyundai. Um, so we almost discounted them and then we were just waiting on this Toyota deal. Uh, and then maybe early September, it appears that negotiations carried on with Hyundai. Um, nobody really knew about this. Uh, and then it got really serious, uh, and they started really seriously talking. And I think there was an element of complacency, not complacency. That's, that's a little bit harsh. I'm not sure how seriously Toyota really took, um, Tanax consideration to move away from their team uh, and suddenly you know the the deal was done with Hyundai um, and essentially Oit called their bluff and, and off he went it was it it's it's a big deal but you know for a while it's been definitely Hyundai definitely Toyota maybe M Sport definitely Toyota Hyundai nah definitely not Toyota oh ah, he's gone to Hyundai it's incredible so why exactly has he been convinced to turn his back on, as you put it, the best team, the fastest car, and maybe the brightest future with a with a big manufacturer? What's been the the clincher that's persuaded him to to go? I think a, a big part of that, and something that we really can't underplay here, is is Hyundai Motorsport director Andrea Adamo. This guy has come in from the start of the year, and he hasn't revolutionised the team. You know, it's very difficult to do that, but he's certainly brought an extra edge to the team. And I think that Adamo is a big part of the reason that's convinced Tanak there is a good future at Hyundai. Um, also, there is it's it's no secret that it's not the most harmonious place in the world at Toyota right now. Um, and there are issues. You know, there have been reliability issues we saw in, in Italy, in Sardinia, where Tanak lost what would have been a definite win with a power, with a power steering problem in the power stage, and he, he fell from first to fifth. Without a few of these issues, the alternator issues, the wheel rim issues, he would have been champion, you know, one, possibly two rounds even earlier. Uh, so those have played on his mind, definitely, um, through, through the season. Uh, the Hyundai has been a, a more reliable car. It's not necessarily been a quicker car. Um, but I think Tanak's been opened up to, you know, the potential for development of that with that car. And as I say, Adamo has been a big player in this. And the fact that Toyota didn't come to the table quickly enough and didn't essentially give him the answers he wanted, give him, you know, there's a lot of nonsense as well about, you know, what Tanak wanted and what he needed. And there was all this nonsense about, you know, he needs his own knife and fork and his own plate to eat from. He doesn't want anybody sharing. Absolute codswallop, you know, nonsense. 
Uh, I know that, you know, he, like all drivers, he would have asked for a private plane from some of the harder to get out of rounds, you know, maybe Mexico, Argentina, something like that. But, you know, if he's going to be a world champion, you've got to have that kind of world champion attitude. And you start with a big list, don't you? And you whittle it down till you get a small list. But that's annoyed me a little bit. You know, there's been a lot of rumor and a lot of nonsense spoken in the, in the service park about the negotiating kind of uh, stance that that Tanek's taken and and I personally you know I've known the bloke all of his career and and I he's a very hard man to deal with uh but he's a very fair man um and I think he's done a li- has been quite hard done by in in some of these some of these rumors um but no for me it was Toyota lost their world champion um because they couldn't essentially bring the deal that he wanted quickly enough and I don't believe it was an outlandish deal that he was asking for and at the same time Hyundai and Adamu came and wrapped their arms around him um, and he's responded to that and, and, and off he's gone and and you know what an amazing lineup Hyundai has next year with, with Thierry Neville alongside him It sounds like Oitzanek wasn't asking for anything you've not got in your uh, autosport deal so perfectly reasonable Well exactly I mean who you know the only thing that I you know I do need a private jet we know, we know that Ed and you know the helicopter when I get there you know we can't be doing the taxis these days can we? Exactly, exactly. If you want the best job done, you need to give people the facilities to do it. Now, you mentioned the, the Tanak Neuville dynamic. Now, if I had put myself in Hyundai's position, obviously from a from a distance, it strikes me that maybe they've signed Tanak and pushed the boat out to get him because they've got kind of this eternal second in Thierry Neuville, who's clearly a very good driver. You don't win a dozen odd world championship rallies without being very good, but he does seem to be someone who doesn't have that knack for winning titles and perhaps they've looked at someone like Tanak and thought actually this is a guy now who can win titles and we've got we've got a car that should be doing that is is that fair and 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 is it going to end up being that Tanak will sort of be their their main man or could it also have an impact on Nouvelle and Race's game or could it make it worse for him I I think it it is going to be fascinating. You know, it's going to go one of those two directions, one of those two scenarios you've just described. Thierry absolutely has the ability, you're quite right, to win rallies. But, you know, at pivotal points, we've seen mistakes from him. We saw that huge accident in Chile, you know, just as he was starting to build real momentum with, I think, a win in Argentina and what have you. And and we started to see, you know, he was coming into the championship fight. He was leading championships and blah, blah, blah. And then silly mistakes. Uh, and that was a big one. Um, and... I actually think that Tanak will bring out the best in Neville because, you know, Thierry is, he's, he's, he's had some really, really good teammates. You know, we've seen Hayden Padden a couple of years ago. Padden was up there. Padden actually passed him and was really leading the team uh, in 2016. Um, but since then, Thierry's almost sort of settled back a little bit. We saw Mickelson come in and we thought Mickelson would challenge him. Mickelson's just faded really quite badly. Um, but there's no chance that Tanek is going to fade. You know, it's going to be fascinating because Thierry's had that team absolutely at his beck and call for the last, well, from 17 onwards, really. Uh, so to see Tanek, a world champion, come in and take over the team that Thierry's built is going to be amazing. Uh, and it's also going to be a huge test of what Andrea Adamo can do as a, as a, as a team principal. He, we've seen him make some big calls this year. We've seen him drop drivers, pick drivers up and, and, and what have you. But suddenly now he's going to have to manage two drivers who are totally focused on their own ends. Um, 
and that for me is going to be one of one of the highlights of of next year. And uh, looking at Tanak, how good would you say is he? Because obviously we, we've been used to the, uh, the 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 kind of bar being set by the Sebastians over the years, Sebastian Loeb, and then more recently Sebastian Auger. Tanak, you've been very positive about for quite a few years, and then he kind of it felt like he was ready for a title and then once he he started that mid-season run this year he's uh, he, he's taken is tanak now sort of the man in wrc or it, does he still have to prove that he's that he's got he's got the capability of say beating an Auger in a, in a straight fight? We'll we'll see, won't we? Because you know the last time him, him and Auger were together in a straight fight was seventeen when Tanak was in the Fiesta, uh, and we saw Tanak win win rallies there. You know he won Sardinia, of course, uh, and he won Germany um, in in seventeen. There's no doubt that he has made that Yaris work for him. The Toyota that. It's a really quick race car, and it and he's got it dialed into exactly what he needs. How much of his speed and his performance and everything comes from a car, and how much comes from him, we will see next year. But absolutely, the one thing that I believe Tanak has discovered is how to win rallies. You know, he knew how to be quick. He knew how to drive cars quick, round corners quickly, all of that. In the last two years, we've seen him mature massively. Uh, into a driver who knows exactly where to put the car, how much to stress the car, how to use the tyres, all of that. He's become a much more rounded driver. Um, and right now, you know, somebody who wins six rallies in a year, you know, they're good. There's no doubt about that. They are very, very good. Uh, and I do think, you know, as uh, as Sebastian Ogier's career comes to a, to a, to an end, uh, you know, he said that next year is definitely his final year in the championship. We've seen undoubtedly that, you know, Ogier has lost a little bit of that superstar edge that he had through his time at Volkswagen. Uh, and then he had it uh, at M-Sport. And that's, you know, that's, that's to detract absolutely nothing from the guy. You know, he's been at the top of his game for, for a lot of years, you know, won six championships. And as you grow older, you know, you and I would both testify that you do get a little bit slower um and and that's that's you know it's it's naturally that's what's happened to Ogier so it's a shame that we're not getting Tanak at his peak at the same time that Ogier was at his peak or Loeb was at his peak you know you could say the same about Sebastian Loeb couldn't you that Marcus Grunholm was coming to the end of his career when he was fighting with him and there was nobody really okay Mikko Herven and Yari Matty these guys were there, but there was never a Colin McRae, a Carlos Sainz, a Tommy McKinnon or a Kankinen or any of these guys right there to fight with Loeb uh, through his career. So, yeah, it's a shame. But for me, Tanak, absolutely. Right now, he is the man. Um, and it's, it's you know, f- there's an element that next year it could be sink or swim for Thierry. You know, he has this chance to genuinely measure himself against the person that is the world champion and the best in the sport uh, next year and we'll see just how he how he measures up well let's hear a little from Oit Tanak about about his season this this was recorded in uh in in Spain after he won the title so it's before the the Hyundai news was was official so just purely talking about uh, his his part of becoming champion this I should say originally featured on the the gravel notes podcast which I would urge everyone to subscribe if you'd like more rallying and more David Evans rather than the once uh, every few months uh, every, we, we manage on this feed everybody needs a bit more rallying in their life don't they Ed let's face it 
I don't think you do, but uh, but maybe maybe the re- maybe the rest of us uh, maybe the rest of us do. But uh, yeah, let, let's hear what uh, what Tadak had to say. I followed your career for a long time, and you just said to me there through fire and water, and it genuinely has been, hasn't it, for the last few years? Yeah, it's been even more than a few years. But yes, we've we've been in the fire, we've been in the water, and uh, basically, yeah, we've been everywhere, and we've experienced uh, a lot of difficulties, but. As we can see today, or as I, as I can feel today, uh, you know, all these difficulties have given me some kind of strength, and, and uh, now finally I've been able to use it in a, in a good way. How how does it feel? It's that ridiculous question. You know, it's been just over an hour. You've been a world champion, but how, does it begin to sink in a little bit now? I, I think not. Uh, not really. Yeah. Obviously, the pressure we experienced this weekend was uh, something different level and uh, I must say beginning of the week it was quite difficult to cope, cope with all this you know uh, every time you come to the major center or to the you know every every time somebody asks you something it's always you know <laughs> how is your head and then what you're feeling and things like this so you know it's uh, always a reminder of the risk we are taking and uh, you know we knew that we had to perform well, but also we knew that we couldn't take any risk or, or uh, we couldn't take any chances. So it was difficult to, to put this package together and really know how to do and what to do. But uh, during the race, I, I learned a bit how to manage it and how to get some more relaxed feeling and how to get back to my normal uh, mood. So uh, in the end, we managed to do it. And uh, yeah, it was a big challenge this weekend. We saw, I, I, we could all see, you know, through, through Friday and, and Saturday morning, early doors, you were struggling. It was like you were just tense. And what helped you relax and get into your normal driving? Actually, uh, Friday was not so bad. Uh, obviously, opening the road with some very loose gravel. Uh, I believe I did everything I could and uh, I had quite good run. But uh, Saturday morning, I really felt a bit stiff and, and I really struggled to to get in a normal rhythm. Uh, the notes were good, the car was working and everything was kind of there but uh, myself I was really like uh, strict and, and, and couldn't, couldn't use all the road and uh, I was driving more uh, by, by looking after every corner not just by listening to the notes so let's say it was not natural but uh, then I knew that uh, only chance uh, to do well is, is to, to relax and uh, start to do normal jobs. So, so basically, yeah, since, since the Saturday morning, stage by stage, I started to relax more and more and more and even not pushing, but even actually just like backing off and starting to slowly or gradually speed up. So, uh, yeah, we managed to do it. And uh, I never really went to the maximum, just to the limit, but uh, I just wanted to get into a good rhythm. And it was, I mean, it was really strange because we were so focused, everybody on, on Ogier and what he had to do to, to stay ahead. And then he went, and it was suddenly, I was like, well, what was that? What did, what did Neville have to do? What was that thing again? And it's, were you the same? What was it like when, when Ogier went out? Or didn't go out but had his, his power steering problem? I knew quite well what, uh, what chances also Thierry had. And since the beginning, Thierry was very strong, so uh, we were never able to take the fight with him to, to challenge for the victory. And I, I knew I can never take this risk, you know. He was really fast and Hyundai generally was really fast this weekend, so... Uh, yeah, basically we started to follow what is happening and 
and uh, last night the only plan was that uh, we are not going to take the fight I, I continued the same rhythm as yesterday and uh, and Tani obviously managed to improve a bit he started to push so I was always like uh, one second slower than him on every stage and uh, I really didn't want to do any more so uh, yeah I just let it go like this and, and uh, yeah tried to take the maximum points so even if it would have continued into Australia uh, it's, let's say the chances for Derry would have been still more theoretical than uh, than reality. Yeah, and then we can't stop without talking about that power stage. I have to say, when the camera cut to you, I think I had my eyes shut more than they were open. But it, it just looks so in control and but so quick. Yeah, the beginning of the stage, obviously, I, I had pressure and the last stage and so on and everything possible. Uh, yeah, even if you want or or doesn't, <laughs> you start to think about the things you shouldn't. And uh, yeah, first few kilometers were not perfect, but uh, but then I uh, I managed to work it out. Uh, I managed to relax and uh, yeah, we we basically did the job. So I was I was quite happy in the end. So. Quite close to the limit, definitely pushing a bit, but uh, really on a clean line and uh, and yeah, let's say I couldn't do much more. So even in there, that's astonishing. Even in the beginning of that stage, it was in in your mind, and you had to consciously say, sort of stop thinking about this and get on with driving. Yeah, of, of course. It's as as I said the stage before. This is definitely going to be a very special last stage. But you know, as my uh, life has shown before, nothing comes easy to me. And uh, you know, I had two options to to wait that uh, maybe Terry doesn't get maximum points or too many points and then maybe it just comes to me but I knew nothing comes to me in my life I always have to fight for everything and uh, so basically I had the only choice to to fight it myself well there is one more event to go for Oiktanik and everyone else and yourself of course rally Australia so so what can we expect from uh, from Coffs Harbour well we can expect a farewell to the WRC from Coffs Harbour um it's it's going to be the I believe it will be the last time we go to Coffs Harbour. Uh, we've been there five, I think, for five years now. Um, but the deal is really up with the town. The town is kind of too small, really, to host a round of the championship. Uh, great roads, great stages, but it's just you know there's not the central population there. Uh, so that's one thing we will be doing. We will be saying goodbye. Of course, there is no Rally Australia next year. We're off to New Zealand instead. Uh, but in terms of competition. Tanak, as we've talked, has won the championship already. There is a superb fight for second place um, with Thierry Neville on 227 points and Sebastian Auger on 217. Now, I did a gravel notes earlier this week, and who? Do, what do we think, Ed? Does anybody really care about the silver medal? Uh, well, Thierry Neville clearly quite cares about finishing second, so... Uh... My money yeah, would be on him, seeing seeing as he, he what's it four years in a row? Yeah, I was going to say he's he's actually quite good at finishing second, isn't he? So, so yeah, I think in a, in a shootout for second, I'd uh, I'd bet the farm on him. Yes, no, you're right there, uh, and and ten points is still quite a gap to make up. Um, but what's really interesting in in terms of the the drivers' championship, you know, it's been about those three drivers all year, but the race for fourth. Uh, is is incredibly close. Mickelson and Elvin Evans are the same, 102 points. Then Chris Meeks on 98 and Latvala on 94. Temu Sunan and Danny Sordo on 89. Mickelson, obviously, he's the guy that, you know, he can do nothing about. He's not going to Australia, so he's stuck on 102. Um, but it, it would be really 
good for Elvin Evans to 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 step up and take that fourth place. Um, given that he's missed three rounds this year, uh, it would be a real achievement. But equally, you know, from a British perspective, it'd be it'd be great to see um, Chris Meek. Uh, taking the fourth place, but Latvala's there as well. You know, I I, I spoke to Latvala earlier this week because um, the one thing we we do have to talk about is, of course, manufacturers championship where Hyundai is eighteen points ahead of Toyota. Uh, and I said to Yari Matti, you know, you've got to make this eighteen points up. What do you do? What's the plan? And he said it has to be flat out. All three of us have to go to try to win the rally, and the, the, you know, there's nothing else we can do. It's uh, never gone wrong when they've all tried to do that, has it? No, absolutely not, Ed. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm firmly predicting a one-two-three here. You know, it's, uh, we've seen the likes of Chris Meek and Yerry Matty. Yeah, of course they can go flat out and try and win rallies. It's it. You know, one thing it it will be very, very entertaining and a very exciting rally, uh, particularly when the likes of these guys are talking about going uh, hell for leather through the woods. Um, so. There's plenty to play for in terms of manufacturers. Hyundai's been in the World Championship since the start of 2014 and has never won a world title. Uh, so, you know, the potential for them to take something uh, away from this year is massive. And it would it would be a real payback for the Korean investment as well. Um, so, But there is also, you know, there's this real um storyline going on that, that Tanak is obviously Toyota's world champion, moving to Hyundai, and currently Hyundai just ahead of Toyota in the man- in the manufacturer's championship. What does Tanak do? You know, if he if he slowed down, if he took a tactical approach, could he help his future employer edge out his current employer? Um and he takes his number one to Hyundai, uh, and Hyundai and Hen helps Hyundai become world champions. You know, it's an incredible scenario. I mean, what do you reckon? Well, it's one of those things where even if even if he doesn't do it deliberately, it's just sod's law, isn't it? That kind yeah. of on the last stage, he has a a Carlos Sainz Rally GB late late failure or just slides into a ditch or something. Everyone, yeah, everyone thinks it's happened. I, I would imagine, yeah, it's it's different. I imagine you, you'd like to think he'd want to be kind of professional and try and deliver, yeah, sorry, to the title. But who who knows if there's a little bit of acrimony there from the way. Uh, the negotiations have gone, but it's it's a it's an interesting, intriguing subplot, isn't it? It is totally. But you know, I think, I mean, and we can talk through this subplot, and probably it's much more interesting for us than it is for him, because you know, as all drivers, he will pull on his crash helmet and he will want to win that rally uh, more than anything else. Um, and you know, he's, I'm sure, I'm sure, if there's a rally win there, he uh, he wouldn't even for a moment consider giving it up. No, exactly, exactly, and and you know, Australia is. It's one of the few rounds. I think we've had four different winners in the last four years, um, which is quite rare for WRC. You know, we've seen a lot of domination from, the, as you said, the Sebastians. Um, so it is, you know, it's quite a wide open uh, event. It will be uh, influenced by running order because it's been, despite there's been a huge amount of rain in New South Wales in the last couple of weeks, uh, I think the stages will dry out quite quickly. So Friday, you know, we'll see Tanak struggling a little bit running first on the road. Uh, and and there's a whole load of guys further down the field. You know, Hayden Padden's back in an M Sport World Rally car. He's running right at the back of the field. And if it is bone dry on Friday in Australia, that could give him a significant advantage. Um, and then you know, there's also guys. There is this, the likes of of of, of Danny Sordo and, and Lappy and Sunanen further down the field who can really make their mark on this event. Inevitably, when it's the last round of a season, people want to make an impression, don't they? And uh... It's especially seeing as there's a lot going on in the in the, the driver market, it's worth now that we talked about Tanak kind of looking at the rest of it. Hyundai's lineup seems to be 
pretty much set as far as I can tell. But th- there's quite a lot of uncertainty elsewhere, except for maybe Sitchin. Although even Sebastian Auger at Sitchin, there seem to be some uh, question marks over after recent events. Well, there is. I, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you know we looked at um, at Spain and and the Citroen had done a fair bit of development on the car and what have you before Spain and uh, and actually the pace on tarmac wasn't bad. Uh, it wasn't nearly as bad as it was in Germany. Um, but the difficulty that uh, that Ogier's got is there is maybe an opening at Toyota if he can get out of his contract with Citroen, which I would imagine is not going to be an easy job. Uh, you know, potentially it's an expensive and, and quite a lengthy process to get out of that contract. If he did, you know, he could go and earn some big bucks with Toyota and drive a car that is is clearly at the front of the field. I'm not entirely sure if that's a sensible thing for Ogier to do because the Citroen, as I say, isn't bad. You know, we've seen it really strong on some rallies. Um, and it's improving. They've got a lot of aero work coming for next year. So I, I, is Ogier better just to sit and stay where he is and and essentially see out his, his career there? Uh, I don't know. It's There is a huge amount going on. One thing is sure that we know is that Elvin Evans visited uh, Toyota last week. So he's been to the factory. He's had a look around. He's spoken to Mackinnon. Um, and I know that, you know, Tommy's, for the last few years, Tommy's been quite a fan of, of Elvin's. Um, so there's there's potential there, but Toyota is in a little bit of a fix right now. If they don't get um, if they don't get Ogier, uh, and we don't even know for sure that they're really pushing for him, or that Ogier is pushing to get out of his Citroen contract, if Toyota is left without uh, one of the big three, uh, Ogier, Neville, or Tanak, then it, it's difficult to see them. It's difficult to see them really putting together a, a, a real man- challenge for the Manufacturers' Championship next year. They will always, if they keep Chris Meek, Latvala, and if they get Evans, they will have the chance to win rallies. There's no doubt about that. Uh, they've got Kale Rovampera, obviously, as their third driver, and they've got Takamoto Katsuta, who will do a selected round in a fourth car. Um, but, yeah, if they keep, as I say, if they keep Meek, Latvala and get Evans, they can win rallies. But can they put together a championship challenge for manufacturers? I'm not sure. It'll be very, very difficult. And in fact, talking about the importance of the last rally, it feels like, again, just as last year, it's quite important for Latvala to try and raise his game a bit for the end of the season because he seems to have been slightly flat of late. Yeah, absolutely. This this is what he was saying on the phone. You know, he it's been 12 years since he's gone for a season without winning a rally. Uh last year we saw him win Australia right at the last the last the last round uh to save that record and now he needs to do the same again this year. Um yeah, he's 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 a guy that's had some real issues to deal with through this year, you know, some personal issues uh which he's he's worked through. Um and Everybody is a fan of Yerry Matty. You know, there is no nicer guy in the service park. Uh, and on his day, when it all works, there's no faster guy either. You know, he's won Australia before, uh, and I'm sure that he could do it again this this week. But equally, we saw a mistake from Chris Meek in Spain last time out, a really strong performance in Wales the time before. Uh, so again, Meek needs, you know, he needs another strong a strong result because neither of these guys have any kind of guarantee from Mackinnon or from Toyota about their futures. Um, so to go into the into the winter season, they really do need uh, something. You know, you're only as good as your last result, aren't you? Um, and it, it would certainly help their negotiating position uh, if they went back to Pupula, back to see Tommy on the back of a win. 
Uh, and the you know the other team that we do have to talk about is M Sport. Uh, and you know if they lose Elvin Evans, uh, that leaves them in in quite a difficult position. They've got Temu Sunanen under contract, uh, and there's potential that Gus Greensmith could come and step up from WRC Two Pro to a full WRC campaign. But you know there's there's not an awful lot else. Um, kind of going on for M Sport now, uh, so it, it it could be another almost holding season for them if they do lose Alvin. You mentioned the the big three being Tanak, Ajay, and uh, Neville. Outside of those three, who who's the driver? If you weren't able to get, sign any of those three, and you needed someone who could either win a title now or is the most likely to be in a position to win a title in a year or two's time, who's kind of the best out there? Because there seem to be a handful of drivers who, on their day, can win. But in terms of someone who's got that potential to string together the whole season, it's it's, it's it seems like not necessarily the cupboard's bare, but there's no one who's quite convinced that they're able to be the full package. Are you talking in terms of drivers' championship or to win a help win a dri- dri- drivers' championship? Yeah. Okay, so I think you would have to now you'd have to look past Meek and Latvala, and you'd have to be looking at uh, at Esapekalapi Tamusun and. Elvin, I do think that Elvin has got the consistency. You know, that's crucially, Meek and Latvala absolutely have the speed. But we've seen historically they don't have the consistency to put these results together. You know, Chris was, it was so frustrating because he started the year brilliantly with real consistency, drove really sensibly, uh, and then had a, you know, the odd blip. I think we've now got to look past them. Uh, and look to the likes of Sunanen. We've seen great speed from Sunanen on on tarmac. The second, you know, Saturday, Sunday in Germany, he was sensational. So quick, you know, nobody quicker than him uh, on those two days. Um, and he has real speed. Again, he's prone to mistakes, but he's young. You know, he's still learning. He's still he's still learning the craft. Essentially, um, if you looked even further down the line, maybe three or f- three years, do we think Kelly Rovenpera? Could he be the man then? You see, I mean, we've got the likes of Calais Rovenpera coming. We've got Oliver Solberg coming. Um, and we will see next year when Rovenpera is in the Yaris, we'll see him on the podium. We'll see him potentially win a rally. But we won't see him win a championship for a couple of years because the difference between a really young guy like Max Verstappen or somebody coming to Formula One, you can learn the tracks quite quickly. Uh, and you have a lot more time, you know, with free practice, with quality and all of that stuff. You don't have that in, in WRC. We saw this with Kibitzer, and this is one of the things that Robert Kibitzer really struggled with, is you come to a rally, and like Monte Carlo, one of the most difficult rallies in the championship, if you take a wheel off on the first corner, you're not coming back to that stage for another year. You know, you're not coming back this afternoon. You're gone for the year, and that's a year's worth of experience is gone. And this is where rallying, you know, We'll see these peaks of exceptional results from the really young guys, but we're not going to see them fight for a championship and for, for until they've got until they've made those mistakes and until they've learnt the rallies and learnt what it takes to to you know make a set of tyres last a really hot morning in in Sardinia. That's the sort of, sort of thing that puts a championship together. So yeah, I think Lappy, Sunanen, Evans, uh, those those kind of guys. Uh, are they've got real potential in the next few years and going a bit further it's it's Solberg and Rovenpera. Uh, you mentioning the value of experience etc is a nice little segue onto our onto our final topic which is uh, an interesting visitor 
to the, the service park recently was Fernando Alonso. Obviously, he's confirmed he's going to be taking on the Dakar rally, a little bit different to uh, to uh, uh, sort of special stage rallying, as, as you cover, but rally raiding. Uh, he's done, I think he's done two rally raids, hasn't he? He's done Morocco most recently. Uh, seems to have driven into things a bit, but also did set some good times. So what, what do you expect from him? Because we know how good a driver and a versatile driver and adaptable a driver he is but that's that's a hell of a challenge we've seen a lot of drivers even those with you know coming from a rallying background that's that you feel is vaguely more relevant than what Alonso's done really take time to to bed into this kind of thing but what what, what do you expect from him and what do you hear about the the progress he's made so far I think I mean the progress that he's made uh, he's he's really kind of fast tracked his learning hasn't he you know he's rolled the car really quickly he's damaged it he's broken bits you know he's certainly absolutely attacking it from from the outset and that from my understanding is is Alonso's way you know he's he's gone straight in um and you know a guy that is used to turning into corners at 200 miles an hour is not going to be afraid of a Dakar car um that you know struggles to sometimes do 100 miles an hour but what it's again, it's about the experience. You know, it took Sebastian Loeb so many events to try to get on the pace. You know, immediately in Dakar, the first year that Loeb did Dakar, we saw great speed uh, on the WRC style roads in Argentina. But when we got into the deserts, it's so different. It's so difficult to learn that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, that's where I think he'll struggle, uh, Alonso. It's going to take time. Um, to understand, you know, what that change of colour in the surface of the road means. Um, but he's, you know, he's he's learning quickly. He's got a great team around him. You know, Nasser Alatir as a teammate is tremendous. You know, he's he's got so much experience um, and he will draw on a lot of Nasser's experience, I'm sure. Uh, it, you know, the, the thing that was really good for me in Spain was just the interest that uh, that this guy bought. You know, the the number of journalists that came out just to see Fernando Alonso, um, and the humility that he bought as well. You know, he doesn't expect anything. We talked about you know the potential of what can be done, and and he pointed out that I think sixty percent of of the crews that start Dakar don't finish it. You know, that's that's an awful lot of retirements, and he doesn't want to be one of those. You know, he wants to get to the finish. Uh, and if he gets to the finish without any issues, then, you know, a top 10 is absolutely just the, the machine that he's in would be good enough to get him into the top 10, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, it's all about keeping your nose clean uh, and just driving sensibly. It's a massive event, you know, 15 days um, it, in the middle of the desert. We don't know too much about Saudi Arabia. You know, obviously, Dakar this year is moving or next year is moving from South America to uh to the Middle East so it's a completely new event but the very fact that he's coming and doing it is is for me it's a great story uh, and you know surely the continuation of that story is that he comes and does WRC the year after. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love a, love a go at it and I guess we're going to see him at Dakar for, for quite a few years. Um, he's, he's sensible enough to see this as a, as a proper multi-year uh, project if he's going to take it on but I, I guess it's not without precedent that circuit races have done well there. I suppose someone like Jean-Louis Schlesser yeah. won, it, won it a couple of times although that said he was doing that sort of thing on and off for quite a long time wasn't he before he, uh, he, he, was. he emerged as a winner. <laughs> he was and and let's not forget I mean Schlesser was you know as much as a great driver a superb engineer as well and, you know the way that he worked on his own car and you know still today these Schlesser buggies are some some of the best cars to drive through the dunes. Yeah, so interesting to see how uh, how Alonso gets on. It's uh, 
it's it's still I'm still enjoying seeing a driver doing some of these things and just taking on ridiculous challenges just just for the for the fun of it if you like but that's you know that's exactly what what it is ed and you know we saw this when when colin mccray finished in wrc in 2003 we saw him go to le mans he won his his class at le mans didn't he in a, in a ferrari 550 or something and then went straight off to dakar and and was leading dakar had some fairly hefty shunts uh over there but it is great you know you, you take a driver out of their natural environment and it uh, it provides us with stories yeah, very, very much so, and it's a, a bit of a throwback to the to the old days. But should we uh, should we hear what Alonso has to say about uh, about what he's up to uh, straight from the horse's mouth? Let's uh, let's hear from him. Has your rate of improvement been what you hoped it would be so far? Yeah, I think so. I think um, we still have a lot to to learn, but uh, uh, generally speaking, I think I'm happy with the with the progress we did. I remember uh, Namibia first rally. Uh, we had. Uh, you know, the first jump out of the service that it was 30, 40 centimeters and I could not cross that jump because I was scared to break the car. And uh, and now if we look back, that we go meters and meters of jumps, you know, uh, it's, it's funny to, to see how much we progress in shorter um, time. But uh, it's still a lot to come, I think. We have uh, more tests to, to do now. I think one or two tests before the car and uh, one more rally. So I think it's going to be also important to, to finalise the preparation. How much are you working with the car now? Are you changing it quite dramatically? Or are you still with NASA's setup? Or? No, normally I follow their setup. Uh, I have uh, sometimes uh, feelings that I pass to the team. Sometimes they are the same as they have. Sometimes uh, there are feelings that the car cannot uh, uh, improve. It's a chronic feeling of these cars because I feel obviously a lot of roll in the car, a lot of movement on the high speed corners. But uh, always their answer is that this is a, a two-ton uh, car, you know, and uh, you are two meters high. So forget about your feelings of uh, Formula One. So there are things that they can do, things that I need to adapt. And uh, But no, generally I, I try to follow their setup because obviously they have so much experience that uh, for me it's a huge help. Wherever they adopt, I, I try to do it and uh, adapt myself to that uh, setup. It's very early, but what is the objective for Dakar? Is it a finish, or do you look top ten? Well, first, I I will I will love to finish the Dakar. Uh, first statistics I saw are like sixty uh, percent of the cars they don't finish. So every ten cars, only four uh, cars they get to the finish. So it will be nice to to be one of those four. Um, but at the same time, I would like to feel competitive. Maybe not over the whole Dakar but uh, some stages you know that uh, you feel good and everything went fine uh, maybe some of the top guys they don't have their days so to be competitive uh, uh, some days uh, this is one of the targets and the final result uh, as I said if you get to the finish without any big trouble maybe the, the result can be also good that's, that's the second objective you mentioned the Yaris there briefly is there a, a plan for you to test the Yaris? <laughs> not, not yet no I'm I think the proper rally car or the World Rally Championship is is a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I have more respect to to that. You know, I <laughs> think scary? Uh, no. not scary, but I I think the difficulty on that is 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 higher than the Dakar uh, in terms of having the navigator telling you, mm-hmm. and you need to trust that the corner, the next corner, is exactly as he's telling you. While in the car you're still driving, they are only telling you the directions or the cap to follow or the or the things. So yeah, I'm a little bit more 
let's say, respectful of how bigger the change is, could be uh, for me to, to do a proper rally uh, or the world rally uh, style. So if I test the Yaris for fun, it will be nice to test another car. I test also the, the NASCAR car in Bahrain uh, two years ago. But if it happens, it's only as, as a one-day test, but not, not for the future. What has been the thing, Nasser, that surprised you most about working with Fernando? You know, first time when I meet him, uh, I meet Fernando uh, in Qatar, I was waiting uh, for him six o'clock in morning uh, in the airport, you know, when uh, I meet him and shake the hand and uh, I ask him if he want to go to hotel or he want to go to the sand dunes. And he said, Nasser, we need to go to the sand dunes. I need to learn uh, more kilometers from you. Uh, I have two days here. Uh, what your plan? Give me, uh, you know, like uh, really more power, you know. And I said, yes, this guy, he want to to learn because, okay, we know who's coming from uh, Formula 1 or from uh, uh, circuit is uh, totally different uh, what we do in uh, cross country in Dakar. Uh, this time, uh, it was uh, 45 degrees uh, outside, but he's, uh, he said, don't worry, I need to learn, I need to survive, uh, you know, the temperatures, the heat, and uh, to learn more in uh, sand dune, and uh, I was really uh, uh, happy for him, you know, because uh, he's very strong in mind and uh, and we know he's one of the best uh, Formula 1 driver in the world always he asks and always uh, to learn from the experienced driver Are you surprised at how much he's achieved in, in quite a short space of time? Yes, absolutely, you know, um, we know some people, you know, when, when it's coming in our sport, uh, take a lot of, a lot of times, and, uh, but uh, what he did during the three or four months, I was really surprised, you know, sometimes the team asked me to go to South Africa, I said, no, it's too far for me, you know, I need to stay in home, but Fernando always, he wants to do more kilometer because he's uh, a new thing for him, and uh, we are so happy, you know, to, to help him and to, to see him in uh, in the cross country. What do you think is possible for him in Dakar in that first event? You know, the, the first event, you know, for him, you need, he need to finish without any risk, without any problem, you know, but uh, believe me, top 10, he can finish for, uh, for first year. Okay, one last question. When are we going to see you in a Yaris WRC? <laughs> like what I say for Tommy, you know, just now, and uh, I am ready, you know, to, to do Safari Kenya next year because this is a uh, fit for me. But I try to do some different races because uh, we miss Argentina, yeah. we miss Mexico, uh, in New Rally also in Chile, you know. Uh, of kind, this race, you know, really I like and uh, it's fit for me because it's a tough race. I would like, you know, to do one or two races. Well, obviously, we'll we'll be following uh, Fernando Alonso's antics in Dakar very closely on autosport.com. Thanks very much, David Evans. As I've said before, if you enjoyed David Evans and Rallying Chat, do subscribe to Gravel Notes, wherever you get this podcast from. You can get Gravel Notes from that. Is that out once a week? It is out once a week, and I'm just slightly bemused, Ed. Why you use the word if there? If you want more, (laughs) or if you enjoy. Of course they do. Everybody loves rallying. Love me lo- a lot less, obviously, but certainly the sport. No, it's it's a balance, isn't it? Content versus presenter. <laughs> Absolutely. Ed. And I simply can't compete with your magnificence uh, in the presenting stakes. Uh, well, uh, flattery will get you everywhere. But no, it's uh, it's a very good podcast, so I would urge everybody to uh, subscribe to that. Uh, and like I say, yeah, do keep checking out autosport.com for all the latest World Rally Championship, Formula One, the rest of the world of motorsport. The Autosport podcast is usually out every Monday and Thursday. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back soon with another Auto Sport podcast.
Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com forward slash Trilo Music. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some folks don't stop till they find the truth. June's Journey is a Roaring Twenties murder mystery hidden object game. Find your first clue by downloading June's Journey today. Available on Android or iOS devices and on PC through Facebook games. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.